back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL digital sports producer, and we're going through viewer questions in the live mailbag reacting to the Saints' 28-25 to loss to the Vikings. And the way they lost is probably the most painful part of it because you were literally centimeters away. Like, the, the, you, to say, like, every inch counts is a cliche, but literally you were, in, if that kick is an inch to the right, that bounces through. I mean, I still can't fathom how exact you couldn't do that. If you tried, it reminded me of the old, like, this is the like draft me commercials, the fantasy football commercials where like the football players would go out there and say, pick me on your fantasy team. And then they would do something insane. That was like, obviously, you know, not real. Like Lawrence Maroney jumping through a car or like, uh, Chris Cooley, like punching through a wall and catching the ball, right? I think Marcus Colston had one. Um, I can't, I, I can't remember now. Chris Chambers, I think Marcus Colston had one where he just like went like that and caught it. Which honestly, I'm pretty sure people can do that in real life. He might have actually done it. But that's what it reminded me of. Like when you, <laughs> he's if you were able as a as a kicker to kick the upright and have it bounce onto the to the crossbar you should just go into trick shot pool. Cause like that's, that's be the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Like that's how ridiculous it was. Um, but when they decided to go for the 60 yarder, I sent out a tweet that said the, the smart play is to punt and trust your defense. The smart play is to punt and trust your defense. And I was basing that off of, okay, they're not going to kick a 60 yard field goal right now. It doesn't make sense. So your options are punt it or go for it. Well, in this case, they decided to kick a 60-yard field goal, and they hit it. Uh, but it's it's rare to see a team kick in that situation. I think punting is the more conventional route, and it worked out. And you have Will Lutz, so it makes a lot more sense. I still think that you know you you would have to trust your defense to do it. But if you trust your kicker and you can pin this team deep and really put pressure on them, they're not going to want to throw the ball. They're up by three. If you pin them and they're inside their own 10, inside their own five, there's a really good chance they screw up, right? And I I still think that I wouldn't have hated to see them not try that 60-yarder there because if you miss that 60-yarder, the game's over. And at best, you're tying it. And you you were going to get the ball back one way or the other. They, They allowed points and they still got the ball back. So if you pin them deep, and force them to punt. There's a decent chance that you get the ball back closer than when you punted it with timeouts and with a chance to go in and win the game on your terms. And that's that's the only thing that bothered me. I st- they made it, so it doesn't matter. It was the right decision because they made it. But I still, I would have probably punted it there. And maybe I'm just a wuss, but I think that you had a better chance to win that game if you pin them deep just because we know Blake Gillikin is is an incredible punter and he's able to pin teams inside the five yard line. And that's essentially a turnover. You're not throwing it in that situation. And if you're you can't trust your defense to get you the ball back after you pin a team deep, then why are you trusting them to try to hold a team without a field goal in the final three minutes, right? You're doing the same thing. You are essentially in the same situation, except instead of getting it at the 25, you're gonna force them to get it at their own 10, their own five. And so I, I still think that that would have been the, the better play, but hindsight's twenty twenty. whatever. They made it. It doesn't matter. The Saints had a chance to kick a 60-yard field goal to win it, and they didn't. But that's where I was kind of coming from with that. And, you know, people gave me a hard time. I think, you know, someone tagged old takes exposed and saying, like, I, don't, I don't care. I still think it's the right call. 
Uh, David Weil, DA is now third, nine and thirty-one as a head coach. And while it isn't necessarily fair to bring up the Raiders' numbers in this current head coaching regime, the more games you lose, the more fair it becomes because it's it stops being something you can excuse because of the ineptitude of the Raiders, and it starts being something you have to think about when you are on pace for the same record <laughs> with the Saints, right? One win every three losses, and. Uh, it's not good. It's not a good picture you're painting right now. T dirty, zero, zero. I'm a Saints fan. No matter what, having my own opinion and criticism of this team's performance doesn't make anyone else a fan. Real fans know what their team could be. We just want more. See, I see that there, there's a line here, right? There, what annoys me is not people being critical of players. Players screw up, fine. Call them out on it, whatever. It's when it's like, you know, like it's happening with Tyron Matthew right now. And, and it's annoying to me because like Tyron Matthew is a very good football player. Tyron Matthew is a five, nine safety and people apparently don't think that he's tackling well enough. He's a five, nine safety. He's not a linebacker. What did you expect to happen in open, open field tackles? Like if he's going out and trying to cover Irv Smith and trying to tackle him in the open field, you know, he's going to do his best. It's not going to happen fast. He's going to take him down, but it's gonna, you know that it, that's a hard thing to do, right? And so, like, what 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 are we criticizing here? You don't even see him if you're watching on the broadcast. You don't even see Tyron Matthew for a majority of the play. You only see him if the the front end of your defense doesn't do his job and he has to come up and make a tackle because the, the running back got to the second level, which has been happening a lot this season compared to a season's past. But like, if you go on Twitter, Tyron Matthew is trash, right? Tyron Matthew is having a terrible season. I don't think that's true. I think you most people just aren't aware of what he's doing because you don't see the safeties. And I also think he's being asked to do a lot right now because Marcus May is hurt. And you don't really have safety depth. You're asking PJ Williams to go out there and, and, and start at safety. That's what you're doing. You don't have CJ in the slot, so you have to have him up in the slot. You have to have Justin Evans up in the slot. And that's tough. It's one of the reasons you really like CJ because he was a tough-nosed guy and he would go up and tackle. You don't have him anymore. So you're asking guys like Tyron to, to take on more of that role. And you know, if you were bringing Tyron in and you said, man, we really need a great tackler at the safety position, that's not the guy you should have brought in. I mean, it's just a fact. He's a solid tackler, but he's limited by his size. And so... All that is to say, like, I don't mind criticism of players, but it's like, why, why trash players on your own team? Why is that fun? That make you feel better about yourself? It's like, no, support the team. You can be critical of the team, but like, so much of it is just like personal. Like, 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 you want this person to feel bad. <laughs> it's like they feel bad. They lost the game. Just, just leave it. Like. I don't know. It, it bothers me, but I agree with you uh, here. Like you can be critical. I don't mind people being critical. It's when it becomes like this, like personal vendetta that, that bugs me. And it happens a lot. David Robinson here. If someone signs Sean Payton, we'll get two first round picks. Well, you might, it's not like a, it's not like a set price. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people seem to think that like, Oh, that's kind of a set price for a start for a head coach. It might be what the saints ask for, but that doesn't mean that's what they're going to get. You know, they they do have to allow the trade to happen. So if they stick to their guns and say, hey, we're not going to trade him for less than two first round picks. And yeah, sure. But 
in the real world, there's negotiations. And, you know, if, if the best offer you have on the table is like a first round pick or a second round pick, you might do it. Like, because the longer you go, the further out you go, the the lower the compensation is going to be just in terms of like, you know, it's your leverage gets less and less because people are like, oh, maybe he's not coming back. And, and there is a thing that like maybe Sean Payton does just say, yeah, I don't want to come back anymore. It's been too long. The Saints have held me hostage and I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I think this is based on like the, the conversation earlier about, you know, there's no, the Saints just have no choice but to go try to win because they don't have a first round pick. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a chance you could recoup a first round pick wherever Sean Payton goes. Like it's possible. You know, I, I think it's, it's reasonably likely that it happens if not this year, then next year. But that doesn't change the fact that your first round pick is going somewhere else. So if you finish in the, t- in the top 10 of the drafts, the Eagles are the ones benefiting from that. <laughs> whether, whether you get a first round pick from the Chargers or the Cowboys or whatever. And so that's just, you've, you've made your bed. You got to lie in it now. Okay. People are arguing about Andy Dalton. They're saying, you know, there was one comment saying that Andy Dalton was world better today than Jameis Winston has been all season. And, you know, I, I disagree with that. Andy was fine today. Andy was exactly fine. Jameis has underperformed what you would hope he could have throughout the first three games of the season. And, you know, the, the glass half full view is saying, well, he's dealing with a broken back. And I think that's not unreasonable. The Saints should have sat him down week three and they should have allowed Andy Dalton to go out there and start. And if the back was still an issue this week, you could have still seen Andy Dalton in there. But I don't think that what we saw today, you know, it, it, it looked better, right? The, the offense seemed like it had a little bit of a better rhythm. But again, I think I said this earlier, this was a bad defense. This is not a good defense at all. You know, this is a team that allows you to throw the middle of the field. So yeah, you're going to be able to move the ball. But I mean, you can just look at the numbers. 20 for 28, 236 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's okay. You know, he also had a fumble. You know, it's, it's, he was exactly okay, right? And, and the reason that you bring Jameis back is because you are hopeful that he can be better than okay, right? Because you need better than okay at this point to turn this season around. Otherwise, you know, it's like you could have stuck with Trevor Simeon all last year. It wasn't going to work either. I, I just don't, I don't see it, but we'll see. Yes, Brian Cavett points out Saints last place in the division. Yeah, that's not where you want to be. Christopher Gatlin, this is the most undisciplined Saints team that I have seen in a long time. And I'm trying to think, you know, when would be the last most undisciplined team? But yeah, no, I mean, that's that is the that is the calling card of this team to this point in the season. You're heading into week five. And the most consistent thing you can say that you've observed about the Saints team is they give away games and they find ways to lose. You know, the only game they lost, I'm sorry, the only game they didn't lose was against the Falcons. And it was a game that it sure felt like the teams were competing to lose. It felt like the Falcons wanted to lose more than the Saints did that day. And that's what they did. But beyond that, it's just, okay, what other dumb, silly, stupid mistake can you make to cost yourself in this big moment. And they're going to do it. Here's a good question. St. John Butler, and I think we can close on this. What happened to Taysom Hill being a tight end? He has one target in four games. 
that man in space is a problem. I agree, but I think what happened to Taysom being a tight end is what usually happens in this situation. Dennis Allen literally only said once in passing at the NFL Combine that Taysom is going to be focusing more on tight end. That was literally the statement he made. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like this declaration that Taysom's a tight end now and blah, blah, blah. But he said that it was a kind of a comment in passing and everyone and their mother was like, oh my gosh, Taysom Hill's a tight end now. Fantasy leagues tripped over themselves to change him from quarterback to tight end. And all along, you know, it's like if you go back and you watch that interview, it was very non-committal. It was just like, yeah, he's going to be working in the tight end room. And he did work in the tight end room this offseason. He wasn't wearing a red jersey. He wasn't throwing passes. He was working as a tight end. But that doesn't mean that he's a that he's a tight end. It just means that he's, he's working with those players. He's go, getting into those roles. And so, yeah, he's not really a tight end. He had a touchdown today, though. Um I think that he is still kind of that power QB quarterback run guy. And I think that you should be working him more into passing sets, but we've already seen that Taysom, I'm sorry that Jameis is not really, doesn't really target tight ends to begin with, right? Adam Troutman, that's one target through three games. If there's no targets available for Adam, why would there be targets available for Taysom at the tight end position? Right? I mean, it's just the way it is. And so I, I don't, I don't know. And and I think, like I said, part of the issue is people got kind of head over heels for this idea of Taysom Hill as the tight end. And no one bothered to listen to the coach who has said several times since that interview that, you know, he's going to be this kind of Swiss army and I do it all role. My, my, my critique of that would be that he's not in a do it all role. He is in a very specific role. And that role is, run the ball from the quarterback position. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Like he is a problem in space and you have to find ways to get him the ball. I do wonder this week if potentially needing him as a quarterback was a factor because you elevated Jake Luton. I don't think you wanted to put him in the game. I think he was the emergency quarterback. And if you had seen Andy Dalton go down, you probably would have put Taysom in there. And the last, and so he missed week two, right? Taysom Hill. He was limited in week three. So there's a chance that you are just kind of gauging his snaps and not getting him into a full workload. Um, But that should, hopefully that changes. Barbara Williams here, more like black and gold to the toilet bowl. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. And she also chimes in undisciplined, like hazardous teams. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was probably the last true black and gold to the toilet bowl era of the saints but all right i think that's where i'll wrap it up thanks everyone for tuning in thanks everyone for dropping in a question i hope we got to a majority of them i know it's just been kind of a rant session but that's really all we need to do after a game like this because it's bad it's bad it's not fun to watch it's not fun to experience um i feel bad for any of the fans who spent a fortune to fly out to london (laughs) um but at least you know they got to watch a good game so it could be worse but all right, that's going to wrap it up on this episode of Inside Black and Gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Thanks 
so much for everyone who listened, everyone who dropped in the comment. And if you end up on Apple Podcasts and you want to scroll down and hit the five stars and give us a review, I always appreciate hearing from y'all. I need to know, you know, what you guys like, what you guys don't like, what you think I should be doing more of, what I should be doing less of, whether you just don't like my voice because it's nasally and I sound like Ray Romano, whatever you want to say, I'll accept it and move on. And that's it. All right, y'all. Be easy.